0: right, hello. Good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel here, host of Magic the Final Frontier. Welcome to episode number 28. In this podcast, we talk all about the MTG Frontier format, where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier.
1: And hi, I'm Matt Murday, Spike and Frontier
0: lover out of Toronto, Ontario.
2: And I'm Ryan Schwenk, the Japan hobbyist out of Tokyo, Japan.
0: All right, so I've got my experts here from around the world coming from the two biggest hubs of Frontier. And today's episode will be a little special. We're going to try and appeal to an audience who does not necessarily know the ins and outs of Frontier. What I'd like to do in this episode will be a little bit of a competitive primer. So here's the hypothetical I want to discuss today. If tomorrow Wizards of the Coast started officially sanctioning Frontier as it is right now, so starting an M15, moving forward with no ban list, and a major tournament was announced, what would be the deck to bring and what would be the decks to really expect at a high level competitive tournament. So it's a little bit of a loaded topic, but the thoughts I'd like us to discuss today are a quick rundown of the format, of the meta, the decks which are potentially tier 1 or tier 0 that a group of pros could really try and break the format with and just a little bit of what to expect. So uh, as I said, my goal is that if Frontier did become a thing overnight, that a spiky player could listen to this 45-ish minute podcast and be ready to try and win that tournament.
2: And I just want to say something real quick. Wizards has been creating formats left and right with Brawl and Battleborn and stuff like that, so it seems like it could be more reality in the near future.
0: It's one of those things, I think, Morrow has always been saying it's a eventually. We don't know if it'll look exactly that Frontier does right now, mm-hmm. but... Hey, if we can rep it, it's a great format right now. It's been a great format pretty much since its existence, so Mm -hmm. hopefully it ends up looking something a lot like it does right now. All right, you guys excited to talk about this? Yes. Absolutely. All right, so I kind of want to just start with some high-level questions about the format. So one of the questions that I've kind of gotten about Frontier and that is worth discussing, people talk about Modern as a turn 4 format, that most of the aggressive decks, they're winning definitely by turn 4. The combo decks, they're winning pretty much through interaction by turn 4. That's usually the rule that anything faster than that tends to be the things that they look at to ban. Standard, usually we don't put a turn to it, but the question is, what is Frontier? Is what What is the turn that Frontier is? Or is there a turn for Frontier? Like Modern is a turn four. Legacy is sometimes a turn two or three.
1: So I kind of think the nature of competitive magic is turn four these days. Hmm. Um, like any of our aggro decks can kill you on turn four. Mm -hmm. um and i think it i think yeah i think it's fair to say that modern could
0: even be a turn three format um yeah there's certainly things that cheat on it just not consistently yeah
1: but i think i think just the reality of constructed play um and and the kinds of restrictions that constructed play puts on your deck um so you're not generally playing a creature for its body past Mm -hmm. two mana Mm -hmm. as an example right um so it's just like the the factors that go into deck building once you get to a certain level of competition um and a certain level of card pool like our threats are just as good as they've ever been mm-hmm. throughout frontier mm-hmm. and and that basically just means we have a turn four clock too
2: yeah if there's no inter- okay. if there's no interaction you're going to be dead on the table by turn four a lot of the time
1: even through interaction some of the aggro decks like a red can kill you on turn four through interaction no problem
0: mm-hmm Oh. Not consistently, I'd say. That's I'd say that's similar to the turn three wins from modern decks. It has the highest
2: chance. And that's, I think, chance, what we've though. said
0: before. Yeah, it definitely has the highest chance. I'd agree there. Uh, and I think that that's kind of what we've said before, is that Frontier, you really need to be interacting by turn three or four, mm-hmm. but that the game doesn't necessarily end if you do have that interaction. You do have games that go much later than that, that have back and forth play. It's not as much where there are decks that will just assemble the Tron pieces or assemble the... The infect pieces mm-hmm. that definitely win. There's no um. There's no hard clock on the format. I would say. Yeah, well, I
1: actually it. find frontier to be a fair mm-hmm. bit faster than modern in practice. Hmm. Uh, just mostly because
2: there's, because, there's less uh, answers to threats, right?
1: Yeah, there's no interaction. Like you don't have the hand disruption to slow these fast decks down, uh, and there is just less interaction, right? Where mm-hmm. we have fatal push, and modern, you know, has path bolt push and mm-hmm. any number of other things too. Um, like So just in mm-hmm. practice, I, I've definitely found modern to actually be able to slow down a little bit, um, short of, uh, you know, two, two turn three decks just running at each other, you know?
0: Now, on the other hand, I think that you do get a little bit of variety in the games because there are things like the control mirrors in Frontier. Mm-hmm. You don't see as much of that in modern or the, you know, the really grindy decks that do turn into long games. So that that's a nice bit of variety of the kind of games you're going to play. Mm-hmm yeah I- you did kind of lead into this next question if you guys don't mind me moving mm-hmm. on you're talking about the good creatures being good just pow- and that you don't usually play creatures for their body above three or four mana maybe so my question was going to be is this a Baneslayer format you know that's kind of defined as a, a format where Baneslayer, which we don't have but we kind of do have in lira mm-hmm. just a big white creature flying lifelink all that you know p- power toughness and stats is that good enough to win the game? Is this a good stuff format?
2: Well, I'm going to take this one first this time. I'm going to say no. I think that the removal is good enough now that single threat decks can be kept under control. You know, we have like Vraska's Contempt. We have, you know, we got Push. We got, um, I can't think of the new one that just came out, like Cast Down. They have all these mm-hmm. new removal uh, effects now That i don't think just one card is going to win the game which is why you see a lot of like for example the delirium decks they used to just you know jam pack three or four emiracles in there now they have to kind of spread out their their threats so that if one thing is taken out they have another way to win the, i think um either works marvel did the same thing the one that won the god of frontier tournament had like three or four different ways that they could win the game
0: Mm-hmm. And before you jump in here, Matt, so the other kind of side of this question I'd like to get at is, is this just a play Siege Rhino when you win the game format, or do you need to have more synergy to your cards than just, I'm a good body, I'm good stats?
1: Um, so just to back up and answer that first question first, I actually don't think mm-hmm. I want to play a body above two mana that's just for the body. So like, it, it's very, I think we play Thalia just for the, or not Thalia, sorry, anofenza Anafenza. Mm-hmm. Anafenza just I would for the say, body, definitely one that comes out. Um, hmm. But that's like a two of, and I would say that's the only tier one pick that gets picked past two mana just for the body, and it happens
0: to hate on like a bunch of graveyard strategies. Okay, so something like you, you don't consider Siege Rhino to be there for the body. I mean, Siege Rhino
1: has a nice body, and that's part of the appeal. Mm-hmm. But
0: the the on
1: or the uh, ETB is a big part of its playability, right? It's kind of like how we don't see Ripjaw Raptor even though it's Mm -hmm. technically easier to cast. And it has some really cool upside when it gets to stick around and, like, be on the battlefield. Um, And it has a similar body. So, Mm. yeah, I I think Seedrano
0: can't be just for the body. So most of the four and five mana creatures that you're seeing, things like Ishkana, they're there for, or or Scarab God, they're there for more than just their body. They're there for other things they do, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, either they do get immediate value, um, Mm -hmm. they're resilient, uh, or just in general, hard to deal with. They do
0: something right away to impact the board. Okay, I've kind of been on the same picture for a while. I've felt like it's not a format where playing a Siege Rhino wins you the game. I think you need to have other synergies. Mm-hmm. You need to have things like Gideon to back them up. You need to have a plan to go big or a plan to go small. Something more than that. You know, there is a lot of synergy-driven decks in this format.
1: And I will say, actually, I think kind of what you talked about before: where is this just a good stuff format? I think there's only really one reasonable good stuff deck, and there's a lot there's a lot of decks in the format that are like really good and high tier, um, but mm-hmm. I think Abzan Aggro is mm-hmm. probably the only one I could justify calling good stuff, uh, well, and it's not even very mid rangey. You know, it, it, it's an aggro deck at the end how, of the day.
2: How about Timmer Energy though? I mean, it did crazy good in Standard, and it's done all right in Frontier, and then that plays like all those really good value cards like the uh, Rogue Refiner and whatnot. There's a lot of good you...
0: rogue refiner, a lot of good stuff in there. Br- plus, Bristling they play hydra.
2: Plus, they play um, uh, tireless tracker in the frontier version, so they kind of just jam pack really good value cards in there.
0: You lost me at all right? <laughs> no, but <laughs> it, it is a decent deck, but you know it doesn't it doesn't hold its own because it doesn't have any of that oomph factor, to really get over the edge of. I have powerful creatures but my opponent's sweeping the board and playing a Scarab God. No. It, it doesn't have something to to go over the top of so that. So
2: by good stuff, you just mean creatures, or do you mean spells as well?
0: So you're mostly about
1: top-decking the best possible card, right? Be- it's just a stack of good things in your colors.
2: If you've seen mm-hmm. some of the four-color control decks out of Japan some of these guys just jam-pack every possible control win condition in their deck. You know, they'll have Approach of the Second Sun, they'll have Scarab God. Um, I'm guessing now they're probably going to be putting in Tefiri. Uh They're going to have Karn in there. And I'm just saying, there's tons of different ways for them to win. So that's definitely a good stuff deck, in my opinion, as well.
1: It's interesting that you bring up Grixis, because I actually think Grixis is the closest true good stuff deck uh, in this format. Uh, I, I, I'm i not high on four-color, because I think you just get run over in a competitive metagame where... People are on aggro lists that are like, actually tuned. Mm-hmm. But, but I do think if you want to be on good stuff, um, Grixis has like, a, lot, a really strong contender for just the best cards in
2: the format. So just to be clear, you're not talking about the thing in the ice deck. I, I think he is talking about it.
1: Not just the thing in the ice deck. Okay. <laughs> um, but the thing in the ice deck works because it's a stack of the best cards in the format. Mm-hmm. Um, between K Command, Treasure Cruise, Fatal Push, Collective Brutality... You know, Liliana, The Last Hope. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just those... Grixis happens to just have the best cards in this format, I think, um, which is a part of what makes um, it kind of unique because normally we'd expect that out of Jund or Abzan. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Abzan is probably still in the running, uh,
1: but... Yeah, yeah.
0: Less on the spells, they're more on the creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, we did just have an article come out about that kind of Grixis Spellslinger deck, and we were talking about, yes, it's just play the best removal and play creatures that work well with that removal, and then it's being a good deck. So if you guys want to check that out, that's on our website, mtgfrontier.net. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't
1: have to be the Spellslinger deck either. Even just control gets by on on just raw card quality in this format. When you're looking at Certainly, things yes. like Torrential Gearhawk, Dig Through Time, mm-hmm. uh, Languish is... In a lot of cases in this format just a better damnation um mm-hmm. because it it uh damnation can't hit a lot of things or there's things like hazard yeah and there's ways to play around damnation like heroic intervention and selfless spirit that just don't work against languish
0: mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people in who who see this format would expect that Avison would be very strong but when languish is the sweeper mm-hmm. of choice she ends up being not seen very much at all yeah exactly All right, so why don't we jump into a little bit of a metagame overview. I don't want to go into in-depth. I don't want to make this a drawn-out tier list. Just kind of want to go between, you know, you've kind of got the usual aggro, control, mid-range, and let's talk combo or other. And are there viable decks in each of these and maybe just one to two decks that you really should expect to see? Maybe a little more for that for aggro, because I think that we'd all agree there's quite a few aggro decks in this format that are viable. I
1: actually think, like, a Pro Tour meta, if if they announced a Pro Tour today... Uh, mm-hmm. pro tour meta is actually very small i think or like the the top tables are are of a very narrow set of decks it is
0: one of those things that's always very tough with the pro tour specifically you tend to get a little bit of an inbred meta so people you know they test a lot they've got very very enhanced testing teams mm-hmm. and it tends to be that people want to play things that are high interaction, high skill level. So you get a lot of those control decks, and then you get those few people that just run, oh, I'm just playing pure aggro, and I'm just going to run over people. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I'm playing the right card choices. I'm going to burn people out, because that's what's good here. So there there were quite a few, I think, you know, Fate Reforged, DTK, Magic Origins that had some of these card pools, and everyone was talking about these Grixis or Esper Dragons being the best deck, and then you just see Atarka Rad run them all over. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think... I think as time went on and we had more uh, pro-level events, we'd see the meta widen mm-hmm. from there. Um, but I think the natural conclusion of the first uh, the first pro tour is dominated by two decks with a very small smattering of just kind of whatever
2: spice so, thrown in. So like basically control and aggro would be the top decks and then maybe one or two combo or mid-range decks.
1: So if I were to see this pro, this pro Tour happen like a month from now, mm-hmm. I would expect mm-hmm. probably 35% of the meta to be a Tarka Red. Mm. I would expect okay. a smaller amount of Mono White with Mono White taking first place. Hmm. Um, hmm. Okay. Because Mono White beats Tarka Red. Mm-hmm. Um, also good against Healy, which I think would be one of the, the... probably like the, the runner up. Yeah. Um, and then I think we'd just have a small smattering of other things, like Saheeli being the third place, and then we'd have, like, someone show up on Bant Humans, and there'd be a scales list. Mm. Mm. But it, it would be mostly dominated by, like, 35% of Atarka Red. Um, and basically the thing about Atarka Red metas is that any deck can, you know, beat Atarka once. When Atarka mm. makes up 35% of the meta, or, like, just a huge percentage of the meta... Mm-hmm it really warps what you can play uh, because eventually Tarka Red is just going to kill you on like your turn three and knock you down. And that that's kind of it. And you kind of have to get lucky sometimes against a Tarka Red because when the meta is that focused on a Tarka Red,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, it just limits how greedy you can be. So it really changes the kind of decks you can play. It keeps the people uh, honest, right? Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, now, Matt, you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself as far as what we want to talk about, but I think you touched on a lot of the things I'm going to go over here is that we'd like to... Let, let, let's go kind of back into that metagame overview. Yeah. Then I did want to talk about some potential decks and then kind of how much we can metagame against those decks. So you were talking about a Red as an aggro list, as something that's... I mean, people, if they played Standard, they probably remember the deck. A lot of goblin token creations, a lot of burn spells, prowess creatures runs over people pretty quickly, very quickly with Atarka's command. Um, what other aggro lists would you really expect to see at a high-level turn?
2: I would say uh, Blue, Red, and Soul would probably be there as well.
0: Okay, that's an interesting one. So that's one that was a little bit of a standard deck and became a frontier deck. It, in Soul Artifacts, Shrapnel Blaster, kind mm-hmm. of the key cards of that deck, it's probably a little bit more fragile than the Atarka Red is because it kind of requires some of these very specific cards and has some natural two-for-ones of itself with the namesake cards. But if
2: people aren't playing but... if People aren't playing Culligan's Command.
0: If you're talking about a format, though, where everyone's expecting, hey, I need cards to beat a Tarka Red, it attacks the slower decks in a different way than mm. a Tarka Red does.
2: But, like, putting down Insole, turn two, and then Insole, turn three, and you're swinging for, like, five, and then ten, and then fifteen, mm-hmm. and then it's, like, game over. I mean, the... Atarka Red's decks can't stop that if they don't have you know critical mass on board, and a lot of the other, yes, you know because they have blue, they can also use counterspells like uh, what was it, Stubborn Denial, you know, to stop
0: the Stubborn Denial or Metallic Ruby. Yeah.
2: generally. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 a decent deck. Maybe it's not as good as Atarka Red, but I would expect some people to show up at a Pro Tour with that as well.
1: I mean, I don't know. Okay, you just you just described a nut draw turn four kill to me, <laughs> and I feel like that's not good enough in a thirty five percent Atarka Red meta.
2: Well, other than another one would probably be Abzan Aggro. I think that would have yeah, a chance. Yeah, so that's one
0: we just mentioned yeah. as an Aggro list. It's good stuff in Abzan. Mm-hmm. You know, low low curve, it usually runs the one drops, not not like what some people used to see. So it really does run like Elvish Mystic mm-hmm. or Toolcraft Exemplar or Warden of the First Tree. It's, it has two with the vehicles, Scrapheap Scrounger often, some other aggressive two drops. It's got a lot kind of, of bodies to, at, block, yeah. to block yeah, with. Yeah, capping so. out with Rhino and Gideon. And like the Mardu vehicles decks of old, it can really turn into more Planeswalkers, more removal in the sideboard, be able to fight against decks that can't really handle that kind of plan. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think Abzan Agro will be one of the more major ones to look out for. Uh, it's mm-hmm. still a pretty fifty-fifty into Atarka, I think. Uh, which is, I think,
0: the the big problem early in the meta game.
1: But it, as the meta game grew, I would expect to see more
0: Abzan. I think a little bit of that touches on what you were saying, is that if you're expecting there's going to be a lot of Atarka, and maybe you're expecting there's going to be a lot of control, mm-hmm. the mid-range decks very much get pinched. They can kind of say, okay, I'm just going to put Scrappy Scrounger in my deck, and I'm going to beat control with things like that. Or you can say, well, I'm going to put Gifted Aetherborn or Sylvan Advocate, something that's much better against the Atarka decks. Mm-hmm but then those decks are going to lose to control decks. And you really get pinched between deciding which one of those you want to lose to. I've heard some people saying that mid-range right now in Frontier has been struggling because of that.
1: I would largely agree. Yeah, I think mid-range really needs some kind of hand disruption to uh, to keep <laughs> going, keep alive in this format.
2: So yeah, the other aggro deck you were talking about, Mono White, I think that'd be a good meta deck call that people would use to counteract a Tarkir Red. So I think that would definitely show up as well in uh, a pro tour meta
1: yeah mono white has a has a lot of issues against some decks in the field like control uh that a lot of other aggro decks aren't quite as soft to uh like turbo turbo emercool cool control uh Saheeli, all these decks can be really rough for mono white mm-hmm. but mono white just rocks atarka red so hard it would be it would be my <laughs> meta
0: call going into a pro tour for sure so by mono white you mean white blue
1: uh, I think any shade of mono-white, mm. so like, that yes. can be white-blue. I actually think uh, this season, had I played in the Untap Open League, I would have been on uh, green-white.
0: Uh, mm.
1: Okay. Uh, but, it, but it's small. So any of those things
0: that gets to play the, you know, it gets very big with creatures. The Thales Lieutenant mm-hmm. pumping everyone. They often go over the top with Archangel of Tithes, which is very, very good in two aggro.
1: Yeah, and always watching especially helps them uh, mm-hmm. mount an offense without
0: losing out on, on the life race, basically.
2: And also you have Benelish Marshall from Dominaria, so.
0: Yeah, we've said they've got Benelish Marshall, they've got Knight yeah. of Grace. I, I'm I'm currently quite liking what white, I have a mono-white version, which is like 21-1 drops, mm. but I do also think that the blue-white humans deck is a very strong deck. Alright, let's move on talking. Uh, what other mid-range decks do you think are really worth discussing? Or do we do we kind of think they're getting pinched, it's well, tough? I, th- I mean, we, we sometimes lump things in like the, the Coco decks into there.
2: Well, I kind of think Junt still has uh, a lot of life left in it. I think that could be a really good kind of semi-control, semi-mid-range deck
0: yeah i think yeah it fits in a funny place we i personally i usually consider it almost combo deck it's the decks running Emrakul. Mm-hmm. they're casting it a fairway not marveling it in with uh, a number of ways to fill the graveyard they get to play some powerful five drops such as goblin dark dwellers ishkana they get a lot of good planeswalkers they get the best removal with Kolagons command fatal push etc
1: yeah i'm i'm of the opinion that uh gen de turbo emmercool is it's more of a control deck it might be mm-hmm. it might be kind of on the mid rangey control end of the spectrum, uh, but it definitely falls on the on the control end, and kind of the same with uh, Bant humans, mm-hmm. where they're more on the aggro end of the mid range scale. Or they're not really true mid range,
2: mm-hmm. um, right? Yeah.
1: I don't know if there is a true mid range deck that I would be interested in bringing to a pro tour.
2: Would you guys hmm. consider Jeskai Tempo or sorry Jeskai Skies or like Blue White Spirits? Would those be considered? mid-range decks, or would you say they're more like I think those are still aggro.
0: They've got burn that Mm. can go at creatures, but I think it's usually reserved for flying over the other creatures Mm -hmm. and going right at the face. Yeah, it tends to be disruptive aggro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of tempo. We've got a little bit of that mid-range slash tempo in the format. All right, let's talk about control, because you kind of were saying Jun's not quite control. Does control mean blue in Frontier, or are there other decks that are outside of blue?
1: Actually, one deck I think would actually have a really good chance of beating... The pro tour and it's one we don't see too much on untap openly but it's red white control yeah Um, Hmm.
0: primarily because you and i were talking about that a little bit last week weren't we
1: yeah yeah but primarily because it's the red white control list um really smashes these linear all-in aggro types Mm -hmm. Um, it has a ton of board wipes it has a gideon of the trials to kind of delay them uh, and kind of force them to overextended your board wipes it has a ton of just spot removal and Mm -hmm. life gain and just a huge grindy engine
2: and it's it's so Um, hard to kill all the planeswalkers in that deck
1: yeah yeah and i think it uh this deck would fall off kind of as the meta grew Mm -hmm. uh, because i I would expect blue black control to eventually uh, make its way into the format i just don't think blue black control is like a day one deck
0: Oh, really? See, I I would have argued that, and I think I will argue that in a second. I just wanted to kind of go off that, that I think there are other kind of black-slash-white-slash-red, you know, those very Planeswalker and Sweeper-heavy decks, they do decently. I think that there's room for them in the format, Yeah, as as kind of on that control side. Like, I was playing black-white sort of Planeswalkers recently, and I called it a control deck.
1: Yeah, I think... Like, blue-black control is a hell of a deck. I think it's definitely Mm -hmm. tier one in a mature Mm metagame. In a day one metagame, I don't think it has the gas to beat everything that it needs to beat.
0: Okay, so blue-black control, for anyone who doesn't know, it tends to be the control deck of choice. There's a lot of just really good control cards. You get to play all the black removal, you get to play the blue counter spells, you get Dig Through Time, you get Torrential hulk, and you get Scarab God and search for Escanta, and pretty much those cards come together to make a very powerful deck with a few choice cards you get to play either way and i actually think that pretty much
1: sorry i actually think i, I just want to make an addendum there uh mm-hmm. black blue x control i think i think asper yes, yes, is fine yeah. i think grixis mm-hmm. is fine
0: that's what i was about to touch on is that there are reasons to make it worth going white mostly to teferi i think is the most recent mm-hmm. one there are reasons to make it worth going red mostly just Colagons' command i don't see much else going red sideboard cards are a big thing in red um, yeah that's true there's some cheaper sweepers yeah um...
1: i think the cheaper sweepers are actually a really big deal in a in a tarka red mono white kind
0: of meta mm-hmm. artifact destruction as well as the other one that you really get yeah. from that
1: and fevered visions is super nice to have should the control oh, mirror card's so good. <laughs> ever, ever arise
0: so I'm still But as far as Oh, oh sorry.
2: Yeah, so I was going to say I I'm still, you know, supporting four color control in this new pro meta just because those really technical players are totally going to break that type of deck. I mean, they're going to know exactly which card, which land to fetch, and how to answer your your problems and they're going to have an answer for
0: everything. So, that was actually something I was about to bring up is that four color control, probably a lot of people think of, "Oh, it's just guy black." It's was such a good standard deck it would be a very strong frontier deck i think a big reason why it fell off is that some of the most important interactions such as using soulfire grandmaster mm-hmm. along with the red removal spells in a blue black control deck that's not really something anymore you don't the black removal is better than the red removal which then means soulfire grandmaster is not as good mm-hmm. search for Canta has kind of taken the place of jace mm-hmm. which pushes that out a little bit and then you kinda of lose the creatures, you lose the reason to have Ojitai's command, mm-hmm. it ends up turning back into blue black control. Yeah. <laughs> At least in one what I've seen.
1: A hundred percent. And like even things like it, it part of the problem is just like crackling doom even isn't good enough mm-hmm. anymore, right? Um if you're playing crackling doom, a Red's killing you on turn four. Like you're what are you you're gonna crackling Doom my
0: one two? You kill their smuggler's copter and they still hit you with a three four uh prowess creature and a couple goblin tokens and yeah it, it's not a good position mm. yeah
1: yeah um yeah pretty pretty much it's it's a rough spot to be so i i could not ever see a four color control ever having the consistency mm. a, and life total after their fetches to deal with a 35 percent of red meta
2: yeah i guess it'd okay. be better in a mid-range control combo meta then
1: yeah absolutely i agree with that uh the only problem is like mid-range doesn't exert enough pressure i think in frontier for that to be yeah a, I think that's what we we're just saying that, that, is that if we assume
0: mid-range is falling off then where do you go from there mm-hmm. it's probably not the decks that prey on mid-range which there are plenty of so the other one we want to talk about definitely is combo i think this is especially viable if we're talking about this are pros testing they want to have the best deck and they don't care if oh, I don't like playing Marvel because it feels cheap or anything like that, they're going to play it if it's the best deck, and mm-hmm. we've seen that before, where a lot of people hating on Marvel and it still shows up the Pro Tour and does very, very, very well.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely Marvel um, would be there. Um, yeah, let's talk about Marvel real so quick. I hate to disagree with you every time, fan uh, <laughs> hobbyist, but uh, I think the problem with Marvel is it's very inconsistent.
2: Well, that's why um, you have Sahili in there. I mean, Marvelli. Oh,
0: brutal. Oh, you mean <laughs> you basically
2: you jam pack wh- whichever you know, second or third, fourth win condition you want into the deck?
0: I have played that deck. That That is a little bit, it's a little bit cheesy, it, it's pretty ambitious. Um,
1: I think in a pro, like again, I think we're we're kind of thinking about how Frontier has been as opposed to how mm-hmm. Frontier would be in a pro tour meta. Um, I think just the shift towards all in aggro would, mm-hmm. would probably surprise you guys. It probably, um, it probably... Yeah, so that's yeah. the question yeah. is,
0: uh, there are a lot of free wins you get by playing Marvel. Mm. You you play a Hern for Marvel on the play and you get an Emrakul and the game ends,
2: period. But if you're playing against all these Atarka or, decks and there's like 20 goblins on the field and you exile two goblins, you're dead.
0: Yeah, pr- sure, pretty yeah, much. so that, that's the problem.
1: And I mean, there's a lot of times where just you spin Marvel and you miss. You know, you hit, okay. mm-hmm. you hit uh, I don't know, pick a card that doesn't end the game. <laughs> um, um that's Ugin? just who can end the game though like, but, like i mean you hit
0: probably probably
1: a lifecrafters bestiary wait is that the right one no 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 the w- woodweaver's puzzle Knot? yes woodweaver's puzzle Knot. you know that might buy you one turn um but i don't think it's enough versus Atarka or whatever um mm-hmm. even if you're hitting you know um, depending on what shade of Marvel you are. Maybe you hit a glimmer of genius, mm-hmm. kind of whatever, you know. It's it just, it's not enough.
0: I personally think that Marvel would 100% show up in this format. I don't know if it would be the best mm. deck, but I think that there's no way it wouldn't show up. I the agree. other one that kind of, uh, you know, people don't really want to play it because it's not that much fun that I think at least needs to be discussed, I know Mew and I have talked about whether or not it's viable right now, is Rally the Ancestors. Yeah. It was such a strong standard deck, and... Personally, I think we've both said that one of the reasons it doesn't see as much play is because it's A, very, very skill intensive, and B, people feel it's cheap, people feel it's very, um, almost gimmicky, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's something that pros would have no problem playing if they feel it's the best deck.
1: Um, so I just want to touch real quick on what you said before we jumped over here. I mm-hmm. think Marvel would show up. I think it would get one list into the top 16, no mm-hmm. list into the top 8.
2: Mm. That
0: sounds good to Okay, me. that's very specific. <laughs> I, I agree
2: with
1: that. Um, as far as Rally the Ancestors go, I think the really big problem with Rally the Ancestors in Frontier um is that it's a turn five deck. Mm-hmm. Um where well, that was awesome in standard where it would just combo off on turn five. But it's just when you have to deal with hate on like two fronts, mm-hmm. where you're really shut down by uh E T B hate like Hushwing Griff, mm-hmm. and you're also really shut down by Graveyard Hate.
0: Well, um, <laughs> which does exist
1: in the format, yes, yeah, but it it
2: the... doesn't show up enough, I think, to really impact it i mean if if abzan's gonna be big, yeah, you have to worry about Fenza or maybe Calatus. but but I think that, in like uh this first pro tour meta game, I don't think people would be packing that much hate for it,
0: yeah, that's where I'm kind of seeing is that if people are going in blind, they don't know what other everyone else is playing, I think there's some potential for it to come out with a strong showing. And I, I mean, I remember quite a number of the pros that you tested with in Toronto. They were playing on Rally. They were testing with Rally, seeing if we could get there. So
1: a big part of actually my opinion here is coming from um, some of the earlier face events where we had pros testing Rally and pros kind of just testing mm-hmm. the format in general. Um, and one of the bigger things was Abzan showed up and just, you know, they had... they. The pro players who were preparing for this format knew rally was going to be a thing. So they just, they were ready for it and they smashed it. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you also have yeah, to. I, I like to anecdotally bring up the time where someone was running Abzan without Siege Rhino because they had um, Hushwing Griff main deck. Yeah,
1: yeah. Matt Mealing, I think it was mm-hmm. the Matt first me. 1K, uh, ran four Hushwing Griffs main board and zero Siege Rhinos for Abzan. And he was like first or second place for uh, the
0: top eight of that. With a couple of the rally decks in the top eight, if I recall,
1: yeah, I think they were top eight, though not top four i think I think uh they were on the lower end of the list um, okay. because people had been primarily like prepared um so i think I think just having to fight through hate and also having to fight through decks that are gonna kill you on turn four is the main issue that I have with rally
0: all right, last combo deck we do really have to talk about is Sahi. It had such a strong standard showing, got banned out, but, but there's yeah. a lot of varieties. to Saheeli. The fact that it's so difficult to find the exact list is something that I think might appeal to people. It's very interactive, I think would appeal to pros. I think that it's a guaranteed thing to show up, and at the very least, if you're going to, if you're someone listening to this saying, hey, I'm going to go play my first big tournament, if that ever existed, make sure you know that Sahili is out there, yeah. and that there's a lot of varieties of it. Respect the it combo. It has a very good fair plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Respect the combo don't uh don't let six mana pass with oh, without anything that's interaction for the combo um
2: the one thing I noticed when I played against Sahelian standard was that it was really weak to control. I don't know hmm. if they would have you know a better chance in frontier maybe with you know Cozalux return and stuff like that to stop like those earlier Tarka red decks, but like if you were slamming them turn three turn four with like you know red cards like in a Tarka red, I don't think it would be as consistent as it as it has been like you know, uh, online or, you know, on uh, at Hallelujah recently.
0: Yeah, I think that traditionally in Frontier, that dynamic has been a little bit flipped. It's really the agri-lists that are good into Sahili, They're fast enough in this format to really pressure it. Though I think that was also true in Standard with Mardu Vehicles. Mm-hmm. And it's the control, the mid-range, the other combo decks that struggle into Sahili, who can rub it and over or just eventually win. They have some very good grindy creatures, the green versions often play Seder Wayfinder, they play Renegade or with Fetches, and they just get to value, 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 mm. and eventually you're always going to win that game.
1: Uh, yeah, I think the biggest issue for Sahili on a day one Pro Tour meta is that I would expect so much of the meta to be Mono White and Atarka Red, which are probably like the two worst matchups for Sahili. Okay. And I think, like, I kind of keep coming back to this, where I think as time went on and the meta developed... Um, And and people started to realize it was kind of like mono white isn't good into everything. Atarka Red is good (laughs) into everything except for mono white. So as the scales start to balance Mm. and the threat of mono white scares people off Atarka Red and the threat of things that aren't Atarka Red scare things off mono white, uh, the meta diversifies and Sahili kind of gets more breathing room to open up. And start punishing these more greedy lists that are showing
0: up. Okay. Well, so that kind of gets me into. Oh, uh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say one more combo that we should probably talk about is Jeskai Ascendancy. I mean, hmm. it's it can go off turn four just like Sahili can. Um, it's a little bit harder to interact with, especially if people are using Sylvan Awakening. You know, to give all their creatures or sorry all of their lands hexproof so you can't target them and then they can just play a lot of sweepers early on to you know get around the uh how do i say to get around the fast stacks
0: yeah i think that's one of those recent combo decks that's come up and it so, looks like it may actually take a chunk of the combo. so i could see some we've of we've written that. A, i think that we've got an article coming out th- tomorrow that should be uh actually it'll already be out by the time this uh this podcast is out that's talking about that. I may be able to link to that in the notes for anyone who's interested in that deck mm. kind of fitting into this niche. So what I actually think of Ascendancy
1: is that it's just mm. like Marvel. It has a really potentially powerful turn four
2: mm-hmm. where
1: sometimes it wins the game on turn four. Um, but mm. other than that, and it's also difficult to interact with because that's yes. a big part of Marvel. It's not an artifact.
2: Um, Everyone's running Kologon's command or Abrades. No one's really running Dormoka's command other than Abs and Aggro.
1: Well, well, the point of that even is that Marvel's difficult to interact with because you can spin it kind of no matter what, right? Unless they mm-hmm. counter it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you can also um, use Sorcerer's Spyglass to stop it.
1: Sure, sure. Um, I mean, hand disruption is also going to mess up mm-hmm. Ascendancy. There are there Eyes are ways front, to fight it. Yes. There are ways to fight it, is my point. Mm. Um, but but the main issue is that it loses to itself sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I I've tried to play Ascendancy... Um, where you, especially where you're relying on Sylvan Awakening a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and there are games where you just you just don't draw both your combo pieces, um, mm-hmm. and as an all-in deck where you don't really have a backup plan or at well, least there's not thing a in a the ice. backup plan, <laughs> yeah, but that's not the same kind of backup <laughs> plan that
0: Sahili has, right? Mm. Yeah, it's not the the fair plan. So that that's what I kind of think is that it's not as resilient. Mm. So, okay, so the next point I want to get to, it's something that you were just touching on, Matt, is why I want to jump into this, is that you were saying, oh, Atarka's got a good matchup against however much of the field, except for this deck, maybe. That's something I really want to know about this format is, and that I think many listeners would want to know, is how attackable are the best decks of the format? Is it possible to build a deck that has a 55% plus against every deck in the field? Or are there always decks that can be built to prey on it? So could I build Blue-Black Control that I have a very good Atarka Red matchup. And vice versa, can I build Atarka Red to always be good against Blueback Control, no matter how they build the deck?
1: So you can always tune anything, right? I don't think Frontier is in a state where, where one deck is just a clear winner. Mm. I think mm-hmm. kind of most decks have ways to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're, if you're expecting an Atarka Red meta, uh, one of the decks we saw out of uh, Grixis Control in the early days at face um, we'd see a lot of fatal push but then they'd also be running fiery impulse beside it so they'd have like eight spot removals just like eight one mana spot removals, one mana. just go 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 um, and then stabilize with their kalitas and, and uh, gear hulk kind of thing um
2: yeah like i i totally agree i think that you can pick and choose the type of removal that's gonna be most effective in any meta. I know with like my Mardu tokens deck that I'm running. I used to run like the Coligan's commands, but you know now I kinda of feel like it's shifted a little bit, it needs to be a little bit faster so I'm using a braids. Um, hmm. you know, if the format has too many three drops, then you know, you kind of cut back on those fatal pushes and maybe, you know, put like some Grasp of Darkness or something else like that in there instead.
0: Okay, I think that that's in line with what I've been seeing as well. I've seen versions of Blue-Black Control that are just such a one-sided, favorable matchup into Atarka Red. They just run all of the sweepers, Mm. all of the life gain. I've seen versions of um, Abzan that have Aetherborn, uh, what is the Gifted Aetherborn, and Liliana, and are just a complete stomp against the Atarka decks. Mm. What about, I mean, maybe the other deck we were saying is the best, is the Blue-Black Control. Is there a version of Blue-Black Control which is... 52 to 55 percent against no matter what or do you think that that deck is also always targetable
1: i think in order to be really good against the tarka as a control list you have to go grixis or be white red Mm.
0: um Hmm.
1: and the primary reason for that is just having access to fiery impulse uh the downside of this is that it makes you a lot softer to non aggro lists so there's trade-offs right um it's you can easily tune to fight a meta with a particular list. Uh, But the risk is always going to be that rogue lists are going to be a lot harder for you than they otherwise Mm -hmm, would be.
0: mm -hmm. Like, I think it's really, that's why I think that's why we've seen blue black rather than some of the three or four color lists is because they play well against the best decks. Maybe not as well against some of the rogue things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And as, as strong as a Tarka red is, um, and as much as I do think it's the deck to shape the format of a day one Pro Tour, I also have to say I think it's probably one of the easier decks to sideboard against. Yeah, there's yes, a lot that, of That's hate. how I feel as well. So, so I mean, as much as I feel like I've been going on and on about how the, the Pro Tour is going to be inbred and, and, you know, it's going to be two decks. um, There's there's silver lining and you can fight them. And I think that the meta is actually very diverse, healthy. Mm. Um, yeah, and,
0: met- and I think...
1: Yeah, I think as we kind of grew past that day one, uh, it would evolve into a very healthy format.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of why I was giving Ryan credit before for saying something like the Insole Artifact, is that if everyone's planning, oh, i got to beat all these Goblin Tokens, I'm going to pack my Kozilek's return, that's not going to be good into a 5-5 or a 5-5 Indestructible. So it's, it's a different aggro list. So you're still attacking those slow lists, but in a different way that doesn't require the same hate cards.
2: So another thing I wanted to say, um, these past few standard seasons, we've had Pro Tours or Grand Prixs where it was like just two decks, you know, like Mm -hmm. energy encounters or whatnot. And for this type of Pro Tour for Frontier, I would think that definitely would not happen. I think there would be a couple different decks in the top eight. Uh, I think the top 16, top 32 would even branch out even further. You know, there's going to be aggro, of course, but you know, control is going to have a good showing. Combo is going to have a good showing. There's there's a really diverse, more more diverse uh, meta game in Frontier than there is in any standard to recent memory.
1: Absolutely, I think. Like I said, I think I have some pretty specific predictions about what would happen. <laughs> um, and I think like the first, the top eight would be like three or four decks.
0: The oh, do you want to do a uh, a little mock top eight? What you think you might see?
1: Yeah, I think top one and two would be mono white, um, hmm. and then you'd have
0: like
1: you'd have third place be like a rogue list, something like a <laughs> soul memes. flare, soul flare, <laughs> uh, soul fl- You'd have something one of the top tier decks, hmm. um, and then you'd have fourth spot to be Atarka, and then you'd have like just three Atarka lists from there. Um, and another random slot in, in eighth, that was just another rogue list. Uh, the Mm. alternative is like one person would show up on white, red control
0: and just kill everybody. Mm. And then you're big on that. See, I I feel like I'd be bigger on blue, black control, especially a blue, black control. That's tuned to beat a Tarka list. I think that we would see one to two in the top four even.
1: See, I think the problem is that, uh, the list that showed up tuned to beat a Tarka wouldn't be able to beat Sahili, which would Mm. show up in enough numbers to knock them down. Uh, where I think white-red control just has a really good game against basically all the top decks that are that are going to show up.
0: Okay. I also think, on your point, you said two white decks. I could also see some of the other aggro lists that are good against aggro lists, which we normally say the Abzan lists and mm-hmm. the uh, green-black scales, which we really didn't even talk about, are other decks that kind of struggle into the control meta but are good against other aggro. Yeah,
1: yeah I would. one of my rogue lists in the top eight was, would be Abzan for sure. I th- okay. I think
2: Jeskai Tempo would probably get a spot in the top 8 as well. It's a really good deck. It's always making top 8 appearances here in Japan. So I think it would, it would have a chance.
0: And that's something else, if you don't mind touching on, is that what are some of the pros who are testing Frontier that play with you in Japan playing?
2: Um, well, in the recent past, I think a lot of them were playing Control, some of them were playing Rally. Um, if you look on the wall, you know, in Hallelujah, the God of Frontier, the people that have won in the past, I, I believe a lot of the guys, uh, one guy was playing Soultai Delirium Control, another guy was playing like, the four-color mm-hmm. control with the, um, what was it, the uh, Soulfire Grandmaster, and of course the last one was just won by uh, Marvel, but a, kind of a more controlling one with like Ishkana and, you know, stuff to hate out the, the aggro decks, so...
0: All right, that's great. You know, I did have kind of one more high-level question, if you guys don't mind me talking about that. Absolutely. We were talking about how how you kind of want to have answers to Tarka, but there's other decks you want to answer. How much is this format compared to something like Modern? How much do you need silver bullet answer cards, or are generic answers usually good enough? So do you want to be playing Fatal Push, or do you want to be playing Stony Silence and specifically hating out a specific deck?
1: So answers are definitely... Uh, less narrow in frontier Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. but i do think there is a certain reality you have to face where answering everything is still going to be difficult Mm -hmm. Um, okay i think it's a much healthier balance um kind of one issue i do have with control is that i do think uh languish is a touch to catch all of an answer um Mm. but i also like i think that's part of why control is one of the number one decks i think in a in a wider meta Um, that's not just, like, hugely a Tarka Red. Um, yeah.
0: Are there any silver bullets you think we really do need? Is probably the follow-up to that question.
2: Something to stop Dig Through Time.
0: Hmm. Oh, I was thinking something we actually have, like, something to stop Sahili, would be the one I'd think of.
1: I mean, we have lots of ways to stop Sahili, right? One of the reasons Mono White is so
0: good in that kind of meta...
1: Is because you know Thalia stops Sahili, uh, Angel stops the Sahili. Uh... What I'm
0: talking about is that if you were metagaming for this potential tournament in the future, if you're someone listening to this and saying, "Okay, I'm going to a tournament. What silver bullet decks do I need to have? Do I need to have you know an answer to Tron? There isn't something quite like that. Probably other than having something that enters Sahili, which we've got a lot of options for. There's all of the enchantments that you know stop the combo. There's any kind of removal that hits Sahili or the cat there's things like the sorcerer spyglass there's hand removal Mm -hmm. there's quite a few options there
1: yeah yeah, that's fair that's fair um i consider that less of a silver bullet like if i'm showing up to this event i probably want um some like i probably want like four solid atarka red uh cards like uh life gain so air cleric uh marasa something like that Mm -hmm. um i'm probably showing up with I would say like two, some kind of artifact destruction. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Rex Age is is my number one if I'm in green. Yeah, you're um, thinking
0: very much green. I was thinking, okay, upgrade. Maybe I'm thinking Negate.
1: Yeah, Negate's a good one too. Um, mm-hmm. Natural State's fine, yeah.
0: Yeah, so kind of catch-alls more than specific targets is what we're getting at here.
1: Yeah, yeah. If I'm on blue, I'm definitely packing like a variety of counter spells mm. into the into the board.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think in when the format first started out, uh, it used to be you needed a, a silver bullet like Hushwing Griff, you know, like playing four of those in the main or whatever to to take out those type of rally decks or whatnot. But uh, like you said, I think now it's kind of switched around to you. You need to have a variety. There's something that might be a little bit better against this matchup than this other sideboard card, but you don't want to have hmm. three of those in your sideboard.
0: You want to have... What about uh, Graveyard Hate? Are you guys bringing Graveyard Hate in every deck, or do you think it's maybe the slower decks, or do you, you just want to play risky and not, not have any at all? I, Day I, one, I'm bringing nothing. I I, uh, okay. I
2: usually have a Tormod script or or something like that, to, you know, just as a one-off.
1: You know, See, Matt, you're the reason why Rally's going to come back. <laughs> I don't know, like, I think... Well, day one, I'm also on an aggro list that's going to kill Rally before they get started, so. Okay, so that's kind of a,
0: it depends on the list. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be on a slow list day one. (laughs) That's fair. All right, guys, anything else you really want to touch on on this potential happening that we, we, there's a tournament, people want to know what to prepare for? Is there anything you think that our listeners would really want to hear?
2: I think we covered a lot of the bases.
0: All right, well, then I think I'm going to touch base with you next week. Let's go uh, towards our outro. Just some current events. I know you mentioned that there was a, another tournament coming up, right? Yeah,
2: there's one coming up this Sunday at Hallelujah. On uh, the 20th? Yeah, it's a, I believe it's a God of Frontier trial. Um, Probably going to be around 20 people there. So I would go except that I'm practicing for my uh, Team Unified RPTQ for Standard, and there's an event that same day, so I won't be able to go this week.
0: Got it. Also, we're going to have our podcast out the day a couple days after that. So hopefully you guys all went mm. anyone who's listening in Japan
2: and the, they will have the list up on Hallelujah's website websites you know, probably the next week or so. So people can check out those lists there.
0: All right. Thanks everybody. Uh, as always, make sure to contact us. We're at MTG frontier. We're on Instagram, MTG underscore frontier. We've got our website, MTG net, and we've got a Reddit, r slash MTG final frontier. You can also find our discord through many of those.
1: And you can reach me Twitter at turkey one uh, As always, happy to hear from you.
2: And my website is www.thejapanhobbyist.com. So if you're coming to Japan or want to just know more about magic in Japan, check it out. And my Twitter is YoSchwenke.
0: All right, thanks, guys, for everyone out there. We look forward to always being your go-to source for frontier information online. Your final frontier, signing off.